This episode is sponsored by New Balance and Sarah's taking on the 2024 TCS London Marathon with their support. Today, we're really excited to talk to you about two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range. Yes, the brand new Fuel Cell Rebel V4. Now, I have the luxury of training in a few different pairs of shoes. So currently how I use this shoe is in my tempo runs, my interval runs, my kind of faster sessions. Also, what I'm throwing at those sessions is the Fuel Cell Super Comp Elite V4 from New Balance. Because you'll be wearing those on race day. Yes. And I wore the V3 back for my Valencia Marathon PB in December. And I'm excited as a shoe geek because they're essentially the ultimate marathon racing shoe based on innovation, including being tested by athletes like the American marathon record holder, Emily Sisson. And she's run 218.29, so she's not hanging about. No, I'll be slightly behind that time. Marginally. Marginally. Um, if you want to check out the Rebel V4 or the Supercomp Elite V4, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, Rick Kelsey in the corner, pressing buttons and making us sound wonderful, and Sarah Hartley, square brackets, ad lib insults. I'm D. One job. You don't know how you just sounded, D. Oh, have you just made us into monsters? I just made you into a monster, yeah. Right, let's I crack said you were making us sound beautiful. Yeah, I am making you sound beautiful, also into monsters, because we're back. We're back in London. Finally. Yes, we are. And I'm to let people behind the curtain, because we're recording this actually before the next podcast comes out. So it's only four days post-marathon. Did I tell anyone I did a marathon? No. No, you haven't mentioned it at all. When but I tell that? you what, it looks like you've run a marathon day four. I feel <laughs> yeah. awful today. This is this is the, the zenith. Have you had any Apogee? sleep? One of those things which means the, the worst, the bottom of like the um yeah. of the of the trough of feeling terrible. Right, well as Andy struggles to get his words out, should we uh, yeah. crack on? Indeed. Which words did you just use? Because I don't think they work. No, I think you're right. I think this is an indicator of how tired I am four days after Did you running. try to uh, use a big word and it completely yeah. Zenith. Fired. Both Zenith and Apogee mean the exact opposite the top. of what they I mean. They mean the top. Yes, they really do. Yeah. They mean the top. Yeah, no offence, Andy, but you're definitely not at the top. No, <laughs> I'm at the bottom of I my game. I think what you need is a little bit more sleep, which ties yes. in perfectly to what we're going to be talking about in a second. How much sleep do you need to run? So yes. we'll be covering that in a minute. But Rick, how's your week been? It's been really good. So obviously we got back from... Uh, from Valencia. What were we doing there again? Andy was running around. Oh, yeah, that's apparently. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got back. I did actually manage to get out for a run on, on Tuesday morning, which was really nice because obviously the, the contrast in our runs in Valencia to a contrast in our runs back here, because it's been incredibly cold in the UK, whereas over in Valencia, my gosh, 22, 23, 24 degrees this week. Why don't we live there? Yeah, I know. Um, we should move. I agree. Although it seems that when you go to Valencia, you get lazier. So actually you got back to the UK and went for a run. Yes. Whereas... I went for a run in Valencia as well. Yeah, but you're, yeah. You're, both of those things were Sarah way and more I energetic. Went together. Yeah, but those things were way more energetic than your attempt to support me on marathon day, <laughs> oh, oh, where you, you went to two points on the course, one of which was right outside your hotel, and the other was the, was the finish. Hey. How did you know the first point was outside my hotel? I never told you that. Because <laughs> you said your hotel was near the port. Oh. Yeah. You've put two and two together. Yes, we have deduced. Oh, that's the that's the zenith of your capabilities <laughs> right there. <laughs> Excellent. Right, how are you feeling, Andy? Post-marathon. I'm feeling devoid of pinaz. <laughs> Rick's favourite made-up yeah. word. Um, I, I'm my body actually feels okay from a soreness perspective. It wasn't great for a day or so, but the spa sorted that right out. Oh, following yeah, day. yeah. Thanks, Rick, for picking us up. Yeah, so welcome. I'm have so we, glad have you we joined even me. Covered that. Sorry? We did cover that in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, we didn't. We, no. But guys, we went to the spa. I think was, we said we were going amazing. to. We did. We yeah. spent the morning uh, in Rick's favourite place. The spa. Uh, relaxing yeah. together. It was wonderful. And then 
And then you've been disappointed since then, Sarah, haven't you? You've seen me going downstairs, relatively sprightly. Yeah, it's not that funny to watch you go up, downstairs, standing up, sitting down. Yeah, I've been all right. There's no more groaning than usual. No, but no, I just I just generally groan with age when I sit down, stand yeah. up, pre-marathon. But but yeah, now I've just been wiped out by tiredness. I feel that the, the actual exhaustion has hit me. So yeah. it's, it's Thursday as we're recording. The race was on Sunday, so... This is a real low point. Let's just use the actual language that I want. <laughs> it's a low point. Well, you missed out on, but it was very sensible to not go. We had, did our one of our run clubs last night, which yes. was very fun. We did a little Christmas lights tour, and that is the extent of my running this oh, week. Oh, yeah? And um, how, how did you feel? Stiff? All right? Oh, I was all right. I didn't You're run fine. a marathon. Oh, you, were, you were setting the pace at the front. Is that right? Oh because I wasn't gosh. running. This was no, your job. No, I wasn't. So, so I was part of, this is going to absolutely stitch Elliot from our team up, but I was part of the front runners with Elliot and our job was to, to lead the front, get directions. So yeah, to and, navigate a new route for Christmas. Yeah. yeah, because we were looking at loads of Christmas lights, there were quite a lot of road crossings. I and see. so I said to Elliot, right, you get people across the road. I'll like make sure that like, if we do need to hold a bit of traffic back yeah. because we're not quite making the lights, I'll do that. And then I said to Elliot, when we get to two and a half K, stop. Yes. <laughs> and he got to two and a half K, stopped. What, just in the saw... middle of the road? No, no, no. I was in like, got to a street corner and stopped. And then I was quite far back at that point because I'd been helping people. And then he saw me come into view and then carried on running. Oh, so um... I essentially did an interval session sprinting as fast as I could in my little Christmas hat. <laughs> You look lovely. Yeah, you look lovely yeah. It was so funny. Elliot's one of those people who, you know, if you work in an office, you used to seeing people dress a certain way, but then they put on their sports gear. I saw him today and was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> he <laughs> it's is a little bit fast. Like when you... <laughs> he is like literally is Andy and Elliot are the same person. No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, you I mean, but... he, he could hold a camera like Freddie. <laughs> but it was amazing that, that you say that because you walked into the office today dressed exactly like Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> I do love yeah, the beautiful when, camel when Rick coat comes, on it. When Rick comes from one of his other jobs, it's a joy. I think it's, I think it's, it's other job. It's genuinely a joy. His other job was selling knockoff goods <laughs> in East London somewhere. Yeah, how much is it for a pair of window frames? Oh, a couple of pineapples. <laughs> Was it you that out in Valencia I was teaching Cockney rhyming slang? No. Maybe it was Potentially. What time of the day was it? Apples and pears. What does that mean? Apples and pears. Uh, Come on, Rick. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, No, apples and pears. Stairs, stairs, stairs. stairs. There we go. Oh my gosh. So I'm not Del Boy then. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, you wouldn't pass the test. Should we talk about sleep? Yeah, let's talk about it. What, we all, we've not, yeah, firstly, none of us have really had much sleep. Have we all had yeah. enough? I haven't had enough, no. But I've, I have I know some stuff about sleep. So oh, do you? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Let's Sarah dive into knows it. More, I feel like it's important to caveat this with, we are not sleep experts. We are not scientists. We have not done sleep studies, but we have researched this and have experienced ourselves in a lot of running and how to get the best sleep for that. So that's kind of what we're going to talk through. I, I also know how important it was in my career previously to nap in the afternoons. Um, and the you know there's various bits of science about how long you should nap for and whether that's gonna and what time of day to do it to avoid having a knock-on impact to your sleep in the evening I also remember this years ago reading a book all about sleep and about something called um this thing's called sleep inertia there's also i forget the word that was used for it but your you can your ability to kind of fall asleep mm-hmm. um you can can use that up so if you for example fell asleep at 5 or 6 p.m. in front of the TV and then woke up and then went to bed upstairs and then tried to get back to sleep again, you would have kind of used up some of that ability to 
to oh, fall asleep. Um, Interesting. Well, should we start off by tackling what happens when you sleep? Like why is sleep re actually related to running? Yes. So this was a lot of what I was researching because we put this in a video recently and I thought it was interesting. So human growth hormone, yeah. HGH, I know you don't like abbreviations, Rick. Thank you. It, the human growth hormone is the kind of the biggest factor involved in like repairing your body and yeah. it happens the most when you're asleep. Interestingly, it also does happen through vigorous exercise, but majority of it is going to happen during sleep. Yeah, and growth hormone, it's all it all makes sense because if you mm. remember any famous doping scandals in the past, so Marion Jones, the Balco yeah. scandal, Victor Conte, all of that stuff from the 2000s, um, their cocktail of performance enhancing drugs, one of the main ingredients was was human growth hormone because that allows you to recover. And so often people think that people cheating in sport are taking things that make them stronger or faster, which is true sometimes, but loads of the main things that have made people better at sport, often the cheating still requires that they train really hard. So it's not like these people don't work hard, mm. but they're taking something like growth hormone to allow them to train super hard day after day after day. Yeah, Whereas I'm feeling beaten up at the moment and not recovering fast enough. Yeah, because you're like, if we take you, for example, marathon recovery, when you go out for a run or kind of do any exercise, you are creating loads of kind of tiny microscopic tears in yeah. your muscles. So that's why you need the rest and recovery, because the HGH human growth hormone is operating when you're asleep in order to repair those muscles. And then the adaptation that people want to get in order to get faster, run for longer, feel a bit stronger, that's where that happens because you create those tears and then they repair back a little bit stronger. Only when you're sleeping. Well, so this is the thing. When you do vigorous exercise, so quite often I was reading a study this morning and they did a test uh, a while back on athletes and it was kind of when they were hitting their like lactate threshold with runners. So when you're going like quite hard, that was also when the growth hormone was released, which kind of marries up as like when you're pushing yourself to a certain level, it it will get stimulating released. your body to grow and repair tissue. I guess yeah, to, yeah, that makes sense to to make musculature stronger and have all of that adaptation. But you don't get adaptation without rest. I see, and that's because your body's not doing anything else, so it can concentrate on fixing itself. Yeah, but I think it's more complicated than that, isn't it? I think there are the different stages of sleep perform different functions. Mm. So they're quite often, and you can see if anyone else is obsessed with like sleep on their watch, you have sleep cycles. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, because this is the research you've done. Um, you've got like a four hour sleep cycle. Yeah. And within that, you've got like deeper sleep. Yeah, I think a sleep cycle actually is 90 minutes to 110 minutes, the stuff I read. Um, so okay. you go... But the four, the number four is more that most people have around four sleep cycles in total each night. I see. Oh, right, so it. you go through four or five sleep cycles over over the night and yeah. you, you cycle through uh, the five different stages of sleep. Which in, are? Every, in every cycle? <laughs> yes. Well, ideally, but as you get older, you spend less time in some of the key stages. So, mm -hmm. um, And if you get disturbed at various points, it kind of resets. And so if you have a restless night's sleep, then you might not be getting all of the restorative elements of sleep that you need. So just being in bed for a certain amount of time, you might not go through all of these phases as effectively. So the five stages, mm -hmm. Sarah's testing me. I've got it wrong, there's four stages. One is is waking. So it's like you're awake at the beginning and then you're falling asleep. Yeah. So, but um, some people might have that. Yeah, you might wake up like slightly awake and be a little bit more alert 
during the night, during mm. those phases. But the other four stages, sorry, you've got N1, N2 and N3, which are all non-REM sleep periods. And then you've got the REM sleep. So REM, rapid eye movement is what REM stands for. And what is REM? <laughs> so the N3, which is the final stage of non-REM sleep, is the, the really deep sleep. So that's the period where all of the stuff that we've been talking about is the deepest period where it's hardest to wake up from. It's the bit that as you age, you might spend less time in that period. And this is where the kind of tissue repair, building bone and muscles, strengthening your immune system. Mm -hmm. That's, I guess, the longer you can spend in N3, the third stage of non-REM sleep, then the better. It's also the stage during which sleepwalking, night tremors, and potentially, uh, I speak more for children, bedwetting can take place then as well. Well, in stage three or four? Yes. Yeah, and then REM is four. Yes. So if you've got a little baby, you won't get much REM because you might get woken up quite a bit. Yeah, you might never get to you that point. You might never point. get so, to that so point. That's and, and, what's interesting though, is that like either if you're getting woken up within that cycle, so you're not getting to the end of it because of like children or something else or like noise disturbance, then you're not completing that cycle. But also what I find interesting is that have you ever, I've quite often had like two nights back to back where the first night I've maybe got seven or eight hours sleep. The second night I've got the exact same time, but my watch will say like, I'll get a lower sleep score on my Garmin and it will say like non-restorative. Yeah. Probably because I haven't gone into the right cycles. Yeah. And it's also the reason that if you, for example, if you, you go to bed at a different time each night, but your alarm is set for the same time the following morning, then on some mornings you might wake up just before your alarm or might wake up with your alarm feeling great. Um, whereas sometimes if that alarm happens to go off in the middle of one of the stages of sleep where you're really deeply mm. asleep, then that's when you feel awful if you wake up during uh, that period. I see. So this is why it's, if you can, and it's not, you know, it's not always possible. This is why you should kind of try and keep a cycle that you're going to sleep at the same time, which is why it's quite yeah. hard for shift workers to get into yeah. that deep yeah. sleep because their sleep is constantly flicking to and fro because they're going to bed at different times of night. So I suppose in a running yeah. context, then it's important for us to get that REM before we have a race or a big training session the yeah. day before. So I suppose from a running perspective, then does that mean we need, we should be going to bed early so we get into those cycles? I think it's consistency as much as it is timing. Like I think right. there's some people who'd say the logic is that everyone has a kind of amount of sleep that they need and is quite different from individuals. Mm. But there's also really good data that once you dip below a certain amount of sleep each night on average, that you like you dramatically impair your cognitive function and your ability to adapt to exercise and i can't remember the numbers but i think it's like six or seven hours a night so that's where kind of eight hours comes from as a good solid average like you're pretty safe with those numbers some people might need a bit more some people can definitely get away with less there are lots of like this is one thing as well in terms of like how much exact sleep do you mm. need there's no kind of right or wrong answer there's different like watches now can give you sleep advice yeah. based on your day as well as the amount of sleep that you've had before i actually found when i was researching i'd never heard this before but someone was saying that in a running context that you can apply like one minute of extra sleep per night per mile of exercise that you do a week don't know whether how much science there is behind this but i thought that was quite interesting yeah. in that, like if you're doing 30 miles a week eight hours is your baseline but you should aim for eight and a half that but then if you're doing because this is what i wanted to ask so like mm. back when you were training as a professional athlete mm. and you were doing i'm guessing like 100 mile weeks yeah pretty close to that yeah that would then equate to 
100 minutes, just under two hours. So eight hours, like just under 10 hours sleep. Is that how much you were aiming for? I used to sleep a lot. Yeah, I, I would be in bed relatively early, probably like 10, 1030. And then I would definitely... No children to wake me up. I, I, I was, 10, 10, 30. That, I'm in my third cycle by this point nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, even I'm in bed by <laughs> yeah. then these but, days. But, but no, I, I, I mean, I just didn't find I could go to bed earlier than that because I'd have done a second training run at like five or six o'clock. Okay. Oh, so then by the time I'd eaten and, and tried to wind down a little bit, it's 10 o'clock. Um, and then, yeah, I would have slept until between seven and eight in the morning. So yeah, that if I'd slept till seven, that's nine hours. Add a little nap in. And yeah, I would have probably anything from half an hour to a 90 minute nap in the afternoon on tough days at like straight after lunch kind of time, um, which was a luxury, but I'm convinced it made a massive difference. It is interesting though. Like if you, if you compare the sleep schedules of a toddler with a professional athlete, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like exactly the same. But if you look at like yeah, what 12 hours a night and then a couple of hours in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. But then if you look at what both parties are trying to achieve, a professional athlete is trying to adapt, grow, like yeah. get faster, get stronger, whatever discipline they're training for. And then parents are just trying to achieve just some peace and quiet. <laughs> no, and a toddler is yes. trying to like get a bit taller, yeah. grow a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Develop some cognitive function. Yes, I'm sure yeah. that's what you were doing in your professional career as well. Yeah, did you not get much sleep as a toddler? <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, um, I, I think I think just whilst this is uh, loosely related to running, isn't it? And we're just generally talking about sleep. Um, there's so many things that are tied to sleep and you could be doing the most incredible, consistent training. You could have your nutrition absolutely nailed in. Um, you could really trust in the process of everything that you're doing. You could be doing the phone rolling, the recovery, everything to a T. But then if you don't get enough sleep, it's it's pointless. And it's mm. arguably, yeah. I would say, better to concentrate on consistent, high quality sleep than it is to worry about the 1% things that might give you those marginal gains in your running. Because like you probably get 5 or 10% gain from yeah. better sleep yeah. compared to, uh, obviously don't quote me on those numbers. But. <laughs> One thing as well with sleep is that it's not necessarily going to be one bad night's sleep is going to ruin no. everything. Because that's the other thing as well yeah. that I've massively taken on board is that the earlier you can prepare in terms of sleep for a race, the better. Like, because except like if you're someone that gets really nervous before race day and you're not going to have a good night's sleep, that's okay. But just make sure that like when you're not so nervous In five days before, before yeah. yeah, you're getting your sleep hygiene is really, really good. Yeah. We always sleep hygiene. Yeah. yeah. Have you not heard that term? Oh yeah. That's about how you, you look after your environment and your kind of routine of going to sleep. So, do you want to uh, know, do you want to know my sleep hygiene? Go on. So my person, the personal things that I now implement because I'm yeah. slightly obsessed with sleep is I wear an eye mask all year round Ditto. Yeah, because yeah. I find light so light affects me so much yeah. and so like I I could get seven six hours sleep with an eye mask and it feels more like eight hours sleep I absolutely love it without Padded. an eye mask Padded. I could have ten hours sleep and I feel Completely rubbish opposite. you have your cucumbers and yours as you well right? and, and, <laughs> a, a, and I doses and scent before midnight love oh it. my god yeah like sleep spray um, yeah. but then also sleep hygiene could be stuff like what are you doing just before you yeah. like go to bed are you there's there's really little things like you must be bad with blue light before bed, Sarah. 
Yeah, I really try not, like I've tried. So yeah, no phone in your bedroom is no a big No phone in your bedroom. Budget. Don't charge your phone next to your bed. where you're sleeping, next to your Put bed. It at the Put bottom, it, bottom of the bed. Yeah, the other side yeah. of the room if you want to use it as an alarm. Other things are like if you are exercising really, really close to like going to sleep, that might have an impact as well. So like if you can push it a bit earlier into the evening, even stuff like I heard someone once talking about if you have like a really hot like shower or bath, yeah. just before you go to bed your body is then still like trying to cool itself down so that can slightly affect your sleep yeah so it's 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 the you need to allow, if you're going to get hot in a bath which is really relaxing yeah. you need to allow enough time because it's not the hot bath that makes you sleepy it's the the your body cooling down helps you go to sleep so it's the if you sort of jump from a hot bath or shower straight into bed and, and then stay warm then it'll take a while to get to sleep because your body's trying to regulate itself but yeah. it's, the, it's that re- Reduction in body temperature that makes you sleepy. Have you got any good uh, sleep hygiene? I heard three kids is amazing for great sleep. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> or, or six. Or six. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of speculation about <laughs> how many children I have. Actually, this was one of the best comments that I got on um, that we got on a running channel Instagram over yes. the weekend. Someone someone had commented, "Is there anything that Andy can't do?" And uh, someone just replied, "Birth control." <laughs> <laughs> absolutely savage brilliant it was actually are, great you. to see all your children because they actually filled you know kilometer one to 42 oh, of the race <laughs> just like it. lining the whole way um oh, i they didn't get a space with... to cheer you on that's why i wasn't there <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was no room on the course <laughs> yeah oh and then we, and they said that once i ran a marathon you wouldn't have anything to take take the mickey out of me for but it turns out not true yeah. <laughs> um, sleep hygiene wise though um i don't always do it now but i do occasionally do it if i were feel like i need it i used to do it a lot when i was competing is is essentially journaling before bed mm-hmm. um and it can take a different form for anyone but but if anyone has experienced trying to fall asleep particularly before a race and the moment that you feel pretty calm but the moment that the light switch turns off you're lying there and the, the thoughts descend mm. and your brain's really busy and all of that stuff so i used to write the stuff i was worried about down before i went to bed i used to go through each item one at a time cross them out well actually no i, I went through each item wrote down a rational reason why I shouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Or what I was going to do about it. So I'd done that bit of thinking and then crossed it out so it didn't need to be worried about anymore. Stop the dark thoughts. Yeah. You can also get, like, there are loads of apps to help with sleep as well, whether that's, like, calming sounds, yeah. uh, like, meditation yeah, exercises do, to get do you use, into sleep. Um, do use a, a meditation app as well for breathing exercise and stuff. Um, when I've struggled with sleep, not often, but sometimes I wake up in the night and, and kind of focusing on my breathing can really help me to kind of, yeah, get back to sleep. And, and yeah, don't worry before a big event. It's normal not to sleep the night before. But I and think you, you guys both said yeah. focus on the sleep leading up to and that you, point. You naturally yeah. get dark thoughts in the middle of the night that you can't quantify as you can in the daytime mm. because there's nothing else to sound that off Yeah, because it's not normal because everything's dark. I'd be terrified to be in your brain in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I'm really interested to know if anyone has any like sleep tips that they use before racing or before running, or is there anything else you'd like to know about sleep? Do email in podcast at the running channel.com. You're listening to the running channel podcast up next. We've got some questions to cover, but first a bit of news. I'm very excited about. 
Don't forget that this episode is brought to you by New Balance and their Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4, which is their ultimate marathon racing shoe, and their Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which is their do-anything running shoe, but skewed towards speed, which is what Sarah's been using it for in her marathon training. And both of them are lighter than their predecessors. Yes, I have been wearing them in training. And I know that this isn't a scientific fact, but I feel like the placebo effect of if your shoes look fast, you will be fast. Well, I always feel like I look fast. What about you? (laughs) Me too, especially in these. And that's what I've been enjoying in training, that kind of like angular geometric design of the shoe just makes me want to go faster so if you want to look much cooler than me or sarah hey leave me out of it if you want to look cooler than andy wear anything if you want to look cooler than me head to the link in the show notes to check out the rebel v4 and the super complete v4 strava has a new function Mm -hmm. strava has DMs. What does that? I, I know what that means. So well, direct messages yeah. on Strava. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this Sarah's is basically. So excited. She spends her life sliding into people's DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I just. <laughs> oh, no. I is, just is this really... a dating feature? No, there's no. It's not a dating feature. I'm just very excited that because after the marathon, we'll come onto this in a future episode. Because don't you worry, we hold ourselves to forfeits. But after Andy's marathon, <laughs> he hit. 5,000 Instagram followers and did his first ever post, yes. which was very exciting because now you're into the world of Instagram trying to figure it out like the little granddad you are, but yep. you needn't have done it because there are now DMs on Strava. Yeah, I could have just stuck to that because that was by far my most <laughs> successful uh, post social network. What I really loved though is, so I was like having a look at it earlier and it's really good. You can choose who can message you. So don't worry if you're on Strava and you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to have loads of messages. It's fine. So you can either do have people who are following you can message you no one can message you um or andy do you actually know what the word mutuals means see you're making fun of me now you're looking at me and the, you've 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 previously said to me oh, i bet you're someone that types out the word and then uses both the word and the emoji that pops up on whatsapp <laughs> you, you are <laughs> hey you want you sometimes yeah. excited to see you smiley face yeah. smiley face emoji <laughs> sometimes you need to double down on the message you want to make sure people are clear i get i'm with you on that <laughs> R-O-F-L. I bet you though, mutuals means if you follow each other. Yes. Yeah. And then you can Mutual, message yeah. freely. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Like if you're at a party and like you meet someone yeah. and yeah. they're like, oh, they're a mutual. Okay. Yeah, I so, mean, I've never said that out loud, but I know what it means. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. I you mean, should have backed me. When, yeah. when might this so be useful? Welcome. I just think it's very cool that like if you can now use that, if, you know, like if you do park run, for example, mm-hmm. and it will show up or if you do a race mm-hmm. and it shows up as like you were running with X amount oh, yeah. of people, because like if you both upload the same activity, it will show. <laughs> Say, for example, look, look, picture the scene. I know where Rick. this is going. If you went, this is, guys, this is amazing. If you've ever run a race and then there was someone running alongside you who like maybe in the middle of the marathon you had a little chat to, yeah. Yeah. maybe you got on quite well, okay. maybe you would have liked to slide into their DMs. Now you can, now you can. if they have the feature turned on. Well, yes. I'm really excited to, to find out more about this feature because I never even knew I was on Strava. Andy pointed me out that I've been posting things for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you got any new... We clearly uh... set you up a, a while ago yeah. And, yeah. and sort of jumped so, the watch and you hadn't realised that you yeah, were... Yeah, uh... there we go. Because I, I, I do time everything, but then I didn't know it automatically went to my Strava. So there you go. <laughs> but, yeah. Have you found any newer watch features recently or are you just sticking oh, with the ones we already have? Andy found it hilarious that the first thing, if you go down on my watch, the first thing that comes up is the parkrun barcode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, then, and then literally the other day, I didn't touch the screen. It just moved onto health page and told me that my health was 33. I thought it was my age, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you're, what you've, do you you've think? Scored what have you scored you, 33 health? scored 33 health. 33 health. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, I don't think that's very good. Me, what, I don't know. What is that? Is that my age? <laughs> I do. Oh, it's not your. I'm assuming it's like a health snapshot. Yeah, yeah. It's just a snapshot of health. Oh, I'm going to cock it. <laughs> Look at his little face. He's got no idea hey, what's going on. All right, it's, all right, it's his body battery. It's his body battery. Body oh, is that what you meant? How, how kind of, how much, so that depletes during the day as you use up your energy. It's like, it's the equivalent of your own phone battery score. Okay, Which so is my... also affected by sleep. Yes. Okay. So so, oh, I see. So my so body battery what... being 33, what does that, what does that tell me? It, so it started at 100. It's it started now at 100? Yeah. yeah. So well, I've got no, a long day. The only yeah. thing is... Yeah. What, it, am I going to be minus 133 by the end of the day? <laughs> no, you'll just be like, I think it can go down to, to five. five yeah. But the thing is, is that if you don't get... That's where sleep's really interesting because you would think, okay, I start each day with 100 body battery. No, because if you had a poor night's sleep, you might only start at 60. Ah. So then you can take that into account and go like, don't come near me today. I'm going to be great very grumpy because my body battery... I might move that above parkrun barcode. <laughs> well, we did add, we added, we added stress to your, to your watch oh through the day. Oh my gosh, well, yeah. How yeah. stressed are you right now? How would I, have a little how would I, I find that out? Stress. I love this. This is my favourite <laughs> thing of the I week. How would I find what, it out? How would I find, oh, I found it. Stress. It's an orange button. Uh, it my, says, it says my stress is 50. Oh, 50. Mine's blue, 17. I'm just chilling. I'm just relaxing oh. in the company of my two favourite people. <laughs> Do you want to know what mine is? Yeah. It's just gone up one as I'm saying this. 79, high oh. stress. Oh, high gosh. stress. So it's actually, been, a, this it's is, been a bad day. This is quite telling, isn't it? Because you guys have a relaxing effect on me and I clearly have a very stressful effect on <laughs> you. <laughs> Devastating. Gosh. Please God, be my friends. That stress, that is a really interesting, interesting chart. If you haven't got this on your watch, put it on. See if it's true. Any road. Right. Got to yeah. move on. Questions. 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 Rick in Cornwall. Hi, Rick. I live in Cornwall, where it can be very windy and wet. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy running in the rain, but when it's windy, you don't really want to get out there sometimes. Cornwall is also not the flattest. So when it's like this, I run on the treadmill, doing things like tempo and threshold runs. Would you say running on a treadmill is a good way to train? And do any of you use one in your training sessions? And do you recommend them? I use the treadmill loads in my, after, recovery. in my recovery after surgery because I just found it a very safe place as in, in the fact that I couldn't roll over, couldn't, you know, cause myself an unnecessary injury. I know yeah. I could run flat the whole way. It's not, not slippery, there's downhill. no dogs running out. Yeah, yeah. No, also no downhills because yeah. physio is saying don't run any downhills, yeah. extra strain. So I have, you too? Yeah, I think it's a good time to, of the year to be talking about it as well. It gets colder. The weather's a bit less controllable, particularly when it's snowing. And I know there's, there's, we've mm. got people who are listening in um, Canada. Canada, and Loads in, of Canadians come up to us, actually. Yeah, in met Valencia. a guy called Sandy out in Valencia yeah. who um, was going for an, for an incredible... He had a lot of hair. Yes. Um, had a chat to him on the, on the um, shakeout run. So if you're listening, best regards. I uh, hope it went well Oh, yeah, Valencia. I hope it went well. Yeah. Let us know. Get in touch. Podcast at themoneychannel.com. Um, but when it's snowy, sometimes it's just those conditions are unrunnable. And... Um, uh, Rick's mentioning here that it can be windy and wet. Obviously, it's not flat in Cornwall either. Mm. So I would say that if you do all of your running on the treadmill and then try to run outside, you will notice it feels totally different. I don't particularly enjoy running on a treadmill because of the way my biomechanics are. I actually find it more difficult running on the treadmill. Really? Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. But sometimes that has a place and I have used it um, when I've wanted to do a really controlled workout when it has been super cold outside um, or when I've been rehabbing an injury like Rick because it's flat 
nice even surface totally within my control and i also sometimes when i don't want to think about what pace i've got to run i've mm. been told run at this pace so i just set the treadmill to that pace and then i just have to stay running mm. i don't have to look at my watch and worry about fluctuating and, and losing my concentration it's but, a great one as well like if you are doing especially like tempo and threshold yeah. if you need to like learn that pace without yes. thinking about it you can just switch off and let the treadmill do the pacing for you yeah yeah and and just remember to a, a rough rule of thumb is to set the treadmill to a one percent gradient um so don't run it at zero percent um ideally one percent to my knowledge better represents outside running um because the treadmill is doing some of the work for you by Set it to a 1% uphill, uphill, gradient, uphill, yeah, yeah, 1% gradient. uphill okay. gradient. Yeah. But no, crack on, Rick. If it's wet, I don't blame you. Slip no. on the treadmill. Yeah, just try and mix it up so that you don't, it's not a, a shock when you go outside. And just be in, bear in mind that your mechanics will be a bit different. But take advantage. Maybe if you've got a mirror in front of the treadmill as well, you can focus on good running form, which I think actually segues nicely into the next question. Yeah. And a treadmill also takes up a lot of room. It's like having an extra child. I need to know a lot about that. Uh, Liam from <laughs> oh Ireland. I'm very conscious about my running form, but have a piece of jargon I'd like clarified. I've often heard Andy saying in a really strict voice, run tall, hips high. You've had really? a strict voice there, Rick. You've <laughs> yeah. had a strict Is that voice. how you shout it? Yeah, run that, tall, hips high. What does hips high mean in real terms? I've tried to Google it, but can't get a definitive answer. Love the podcast and the YouTube channel. Keep up the good work, says Thanks, Liam. Liam. Oh, great. That's a good question. Okay, so I do say this a lot, and perhaps I it's a, it's a bit of an assumption from me that it makes sense. Mm. Often, if I'm doing it at a run club or something, people can see what I'm doing, so it makes more sense. But if you think about, if you've ever watched anyone in the last 100 meters of a, a race, they might look like they're sitting a little bit. Right. So they're never in this nice kind of good running form position when they make contact with the ground. It's almost like they've made contact with the ground and they've just sagged backwards into a little bit. So if you imagine the very, very beginning of a squat movement where you, instead of pushing your knees out forward, you push your bum backwards a little bit to start the squat, that would be not having high hips. Mm -hmm. And as people get tired, their core muscles can't kind of hold them in a good position and they, and they just start to fatigue, then that's often the position you end up running in. And by high hips, I mean you push your hips almost like thrusting your hips up and forwards to keep that good posture with your hips kind of directly underneath your shoulders. You're not sitting back into that into that squat position. So when you make contact with the ground, you're pushing forwards with your mm. foot directly underneath your hips, almost with a straight-ish leg, not with like a massive bend in your leg as you're kind of sitting into this kind of fatigue I just, position. I just don't, don't understand how you'd stop it though. If it's the last 100 meters and basically you, you've Squeeze. done it accidentally... You squeeze your glutes. You squeeze your glutes. Yeah, concentrate on squeezing your glutes to, to draw, have that leg drive on contacting with the ground. Because what it is, is you make contact with the ground. And on doing that, if your glutes aren't giving you the strength and support that you need and your core muscles and your stomach aren't supporting your pelvis either, I then see. on that impact, your kind of your, your bottom naturally kind of almost impacts and goes down towards the ground. But if you're thinking about squeezing your glutes and core to stay strong in that position then you can stay nice and tall. So okay. hopefully that makes sense. How I like to think of it is, you know, when you like need to run to the toilet when you suddenly just feel like you need a wee? Mm -hmm. That's wrong. That's like when you're- when you Shuffle. Bums, yeah. 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 You don't want that kind of shuffle. Normal walking. <laughs> yeah. it's You want to you wanna run as if you're like answering the door to a person you really like, as opposed that. to running away from said person needing a week. I've got a final point of maybe a way of, of thinking about it to exaggerate the movement when you're not fatigued. Is like, if you think about really arching your back that, that and, and twisting, imagine your 
pelvis, you'd like got your hands on your hips or something, you're twisting it forwards. So the front of your pelvis is oh, going yeah, down, okay. the back of your pelvis is coming up. So your bum is sticking out more. Um, that's kind of the position that you don't want to be in. And so rotate want, it that's forward. called anterior pelvic, yeah. pelvic tilt. So you, you want to kind of use your core muscles at the yeah. front to squeeze that holds the front of your pelvis kind of up and stops it from dipping forwards. And then you're squeezing your glutes at the back to s- stop your pelvis rotating basically and, and to have that nice strong foot contact. So that might allow you to feel what I'm talking about in terms of bad low hips. And then you want to have the opposite movement when you're when you're running to hold them strong and really and tall. really good hand action there if only we'd film this podcast very very good very, Thanks, very good yeah, yeah very good <laughs> before we go sarah you've got a favor to ask i have got a favor to ask yes firstly thank you so much to all of the different people who have tagged us in their strava art I've lovely very oh, yeah, much including hillary who did the privacy thing so i could actually see her spelling it out oh, nice. so yeah. good this week's favor is Andy's run a marathon, sadly. Mm. So we can't tease him about this anymore. <laughs> so I would like you to email in podcast at the running channel.com. Which race or running event or challenge would you like the three of us to take on next year that we can tease Andy about because he'll hate it? Me and Rick will enjoy it. Nice. And then we can do a podcast episode about it. I was thinking as a starter for 10, yes. a really muddy, like obstacle course okay. kind of 10K. Oh, he wouldn't like that, don't you think? Yeah, that's exactly why. And especially Andy hates heights. So I was thinking if we could do, have you ever done like Go Ape? Go Ape. Yeah. Yeah. So if we could do like a, like a Go Ape 10K or like where you're, where you're doing like high obstacle course, if there could be a zip wire at the end, let us know. Anywhere in the UK would be great. Why is this all about making me miserable? I thought you guys were going to go straight to, uh, wine the running home for christmas podcast we've had a lot of comments about your coherency as, as you'd had like <laughs> a, fair, a fair bit of um i think we were, the old uh, i think we were G-dog. extremely yeah. coherent G-dog, the gabby the yeah. g-dog <laughs> incredible but there are wine marathons so maybe we should just double up double up wine wine as um hydration on the way around yeah i mean it, what could go wrong let us know i tell you what we will as always leave it up to you to decide so email in and we will see you as Rick frantically waves his hands. He's like, stop it, guys, stop talking. <laughs> should, we all, should we talk about something else? Should we just drag no, it out? No, no. Gonna, no. he's going to have a, some Let's kind of aneurysm. We will see go. you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by New Balance and two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range, the Rebel V4 and the Supercomp Elite V4. And there's an incredible amount of technology in both of these shoes. I'm the shoe geek, Sarah hates this bit. The Fuel Cell technology is the midsole foam, which is aimed at being propulsive. So both of these shoes feel fast. And then in the Supercomp Elite V4, there are strategic midsole voids. So essentially gaps or holes in the the midsole, which in combination with the carbon fiber plate design are aimed at increasing the amount of stored energy that you get. All super shoes are aimed at giving you as much energy back as possible, with these being New Balance's best yet. Well, if you want to check out either the Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4 for race day or the Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which could be for race day, it could be for all of your training as well, then head to the link in the show notes.